I'm Suzanne. And I'm Zoe. And you are listening to Sex Advice for Seniors with my new co-host, Zoe Kors. God, I am so excited to talk to you. Zoe is a sexologist. She's written a book called Radical Intimacy, and we are going to have some really juicy discussions. <laughs> we are so psyched. Zoe's in LA, so it's she's just woken up, and I'm just like in zone out land now because it's five o'clock for me. So yeah, there we go. Yeah. Anyway, welcome Zoe. What are we talking about today? Thank you, Suzanne. It's such a thrill to be here with you. I'm so excited. Um, We're going to be talking about um, the internal structure of the clitoris. Ooh, that's a (laughs) sexy topic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is. And I think, um, you know, I'm not sure how many people really understand that the clitoris is sort of, people tend to think of it like a button. And really, it's much more like an iceberg. Wow, right? that's a great way of describing it. I mean, some guys I know, they don't even know where that button is. So never mind finding the iceberg there. That's right. Kind of, yeah, they're out there in the in the high seas and the iceberg <laughs> looks really far off, I suspect, for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and I think, you know, the clitoris, an interesting fact uh, to note, which I think is one of the reasons why people are undereducated about this amazing organ, is that um, it its sole purpose is pleasure. There's no other reason for its existence other than to make you feel good. And I mean, ultimately, right, it's to make you want sex so that we keep the, you know, we keep the species going. Because if women, if all women decided they didn't want to have sex, like today, in a hundred years, the human race would be extinct. Yeah, as it is, AI is just going to kill us off anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, about the clitoris? Because I don't, you know, I suspect that it's probably one of the few organs that exists for whom there really isn't any genuine reason other than pleasure. And whoever created humanity, and we're not even going to go there, the fact that they created something which is just a fun thing. It's just so amazing. The human body is so amazing like that. What was the other thing that has no purpose? Is it the appendix? It's the appendix. And they think that the appendix is now obsolete, but that it originally had a purpose. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. right. How I'm, not a, I'm not a doctor or physiologist, but I think the appendix had something to do with the immune system. Like it was another booster, the immune, like the spleen, you know? Yeah, who knows? I mean, one of the interesting things about the clitoris, I was speaking to guys about this the other day, a guy about this, about masturbation in general. And he was saying to me, why don't more women, aren't more women, you know, into sex? Why aren't more women like this, like that? And I said to him, look, you have to understand, you've got this thing that sticks out of your body. It's, you look down, it's there. You just see it and you stroke it and it feels good. And you're like, whoa, that was amazing, right? For a lot of women, they don't look there. They don't look down, right? And even when you look down, you don't, 
you don't like see, unless you got an incredibly large clitoris, you don't really see your clitoris. So you could go, you could stumble through life, not even doing anything with this thing, right? You could, you could meet people who just don't have a clue as well. And you could just stumble through life, never having an orgasm, not knowing any better, other than a lot of people are out there talking about orgasms and you're thinking, what am I missing? But I remember the first time myself, I think it was a shower head that got me into the clitoris where, <laughs> where I had one of those rubber hose shower heads that went on the, <laughs> on the faucets, right? And yeah. it stuck out and I was just washing myself and I got to blow my legs. I was like, whoa, that, <laughs> what is that? And I probably was about maybe 10 years old at that time, something like that, thinking, whoa, what was that? Ooh, wow, that feels really nice. So obviously I kept doing it and then more exciting things happened. And then I was thought, wow, that I'm going to do that again. That feels really good. But, but not everyone has that experience. No, that's very true. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I have a, a son and a daughter, right? So I've raised these two kids and I've watched them uh, sort of navigate the world and their bodies and, um, and you know, like it became very clear. My daughter is older. She's 10 years older than my son. And by the time my son came along, it became very clear to me just how in touch with their genitals boys are just, I mean, they grow up with their penises in their hands. Yeah. Every time they go to the bathroom, every time they pee, they're holding their penis. <laughs> so it's, um, it is. And you know, the thing is, is that even are really all the places that feel fabulous are buried in there. Even if you look at yourself in a mirror, which very few people do, very yeah. few girls or when they're young do, and they're told not to, they're told not to touch themselves. Many people, I, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and, and for listeners, I am, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm, I grew up in New York. I live in Los Angeles. So my whole frame of reference is pretty American. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's like, you, we don't know what our kidneys look like. <laughs> no. We don't know how they feel or like, you know, there's that tube coming out of there and there's that soft tissue over here and the, you know like it's the same thing you actually have to really be educated about that part of your body and we are woefully un undereducated so yeah completely and I think also the other thing about the clitoris is I remember the time that I did look down there I think I actually took like one of those little makeup mirrors mm -hmm. and looked down I was like oh oh God, is that the way it's supposed to look? Because of course, I've got no frame of reference of what these things look like. So all I know is like, oh, maybe my labby is a bit big on one side. Is that little flappy thing normal? I remember as a young woman, actually for a while, wondering if what was down there was okay, because I didn't really know what was okay and what wasn't okay. And nobody told me that they all look different, that everything looks different, that you're perfectly normal. All of this stuff that you're seeing is perfectly normal. So you don't know. And then no one tells you. So you're just kind of wandering around in a foggy way, trying to work it out. And like you say, it's, we didn't, we're not, we didn't grow up with it in our hands. We don't look at it. And frankly, unless someone tells us we should look at it, Mostly, we've been told that we shouldn't. 
Right. That's right. And, you know, one of the other things is that we are also told that we're complicated, that we, and for many of us, I mean, thanks to the advertising industry, we smell funny. We taste yeah. funny. We're ugly. We don't, you know, it's like it, it not only, and then we, then we're exposed to pornography at some point, And there's a very particular kind of uh, vulva and labia that's um, that is sort of the standard in pornography. If you have a hundred different looking and styles of vulvas, then all of a sudden in pornography, there's only one really that's that's shown and displayed. Yeah. And um, and so that's I mean you know I have a clinical practice where I see clients and I do a lot of normalizing of different kinds of anatomy, different kinds of vulvas and labias and, you know, clitorises. Some clitorises are very clitori. I never know if that's the plural. (laughs) No idea. You're asking the wrong person. I know. (laughs) I guess it depends if you're sticking to the Latin. Um, You know, some clitorises are very small and some are, are large. Yeah. You know, there's a huge variety. Every... Every vulva is like a flower, you know. And yeah. while we're talking about vulvas and vaginas, let's just make sure that everybody knows that the we we've uh, for many of us at least in the United States, we're taught that the vagina is the entirety of female genitalia. Actually, the vagina is just from the opening to the cervix. That's the vaginal canal, that's the vagina. All the stuff on the outside is the vulva. Ah, you see, I've learned something new already. (laughs) So let's let's talk about the internal workings of the clitoris, because, you know, we've had on a lot of different types of people that have been in the tantra world, and some of them have gone so far as to talk about, you know, all different kinds of orgasms that you can have. And obviously the clitoris goes, isn't just the button on the outside, but but all the nerves and stuff are inside as well. And there's all different sensations. And in fact, I read somewhere that they'd reclassified the kind of orgasms. I'm not going to be able to access that information immediately, but it was something like volcanic was one. There were like three different types of orgasms that scientists have now classified because they've decided that just the one is not really saying the full extent of all the different kinds of orgasmic responses that women are capable of. What's your view on this? Mm. Well, um, I think that the science tells us and experience tells me that there are many different, a variety of different types of um, experiences, sensational experiences to have um, that sort of produce an, an orgasm type experience, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I am very careful because I feel very strongly that the more requirements we articulate for women and uh, to to achieve, you know, like you, you have to have this kind of orgasm, you have to have that kind of orgasm, and you have to touch this spot and that spot. And it gets so overwhelming and so intimidating. And it's my experience that people, women start to feel like they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like they're not doing a good enough job of having orgasms. Like we need more pressure to have orgasms. <laughs> you know, like 
<laughs> so here's how I feel. There are certain spots in um, in the sort of inside the vaginal canal and outside in the vulva that create an incredible amount of sensation. The arc of arousal is really um, the stage, four stages of arousal um, that culminate in a climax um, are standard. That is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have the, you have just, you know, you get your rate of um, respiration increases, your heart rate increases, and, you know, then your, the circulation in your genitals happens mm-hmm. and then they puff up and get all, you know, alert. <laughs> yeah. All of these. And then, you know, the cervix rises up. If you think about like the, the sensations of having an, or, having, uh, you know, being aroused and m- moving towards orgasm, your cervix draws upward, which mm-hmm. really what's happening is you're making room for a penis to penetrate mm-hmm. and, um, and also like draw the sperm up into the uterus through the cervix into the uterus. So, um, and that's a pleasurable sensation. It feels almost like a yawning, right? Hmm. Um, and so in all of that are these different areas that are sensitive. And some women are more enervated in in where like sort of the G-spot is. And we can talk about the G-spot. I actually think it's the internal. I mean, many sexologists, there's a little bit of a discussion going on about whether or not the bulbs of the in, the clitoris are actually what the g-spot is and some people are really sticking to the fact that there's um there's uh, erectile tissue right there on the anterior wall of the vagina about two inches in that's like the, the g-spot um behind that is are the bulbs of the clitoris and you can google you know internal structure of the clitoris or anatomy of the clitoris and you'll get a nice beautiful drawing you know um, that'll show you the shape of it and where it goes in the body. But it, there are 10,000 nerve endings in there. Mm-hmm. And they and those 10,000 nerve endings connect to 15,000 more nerve endings in your whole pelvic region. Yeah. So who cares what you're touching? Find <laughs> the spots that feel good. Yeah, yeah. And go for it. You know, I think it's really, for me, uh, um, as a clinician... It's really unfortunate to start to try to draw out all these different um, types of experiences. Mm. It's self-defeating. However, if you are very embodied sexually and you're very Mm. adventurous and you really love to explore and you've got a fabulous lover who loves to explore, Mm. um, either, you know, with their fingers or a toy or their penis if they have one, you know, then it becomes um, fun, mm. you know, to find the different hot spots, you know, or different yeah, positions. And I think that's the main thing is that all of this stuff should be fun. We don't need to give ourselves any more pressure than we already have in life. And sometimes I felt that it's e- or it's easy to feel that you're not good enough If somebody tells you that they can orgasm in 20 different ways, you're like, okay, well, good for you. (laughs) All we know is that as older women, especially, it's important to also recognize that 
for the most part, sensations do decrease through, you know, as your hormone levels start to change. And so you might not be so sexually responsive. It's got, it's pretty typical that it's going to take you longer to get aroused. You might not have, I know my orgasms now, they take longer, they take, to happen and I and they're not so intense as they used to be. They're still intense because they're orgasms, but they're not they're not at the same intensity as they used to be. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm fine with that. Like yeah. when it happens, it happens. But as you say, there's so much good stuff in that area, so many wonderful things that you can feel. It doesn't if it doesn't lead to some culmination at the end of it, it's okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I, I truly believe that we place way too much emphasis on orgasm. I mean, orgasms are great. Don't get me wrong. And I think it's important for women to really um, know their bodies. And I'm not even talking about being a good lover or being, you know, I'm talking about just you and yourself and solo sex and pleasure yeah. and having a relationship with that part of yourself. You know, I think that orgasms are fabulous and healthy. Um, yeah. but there's, but by making that, holding that out as the measure of a successful, um, sex session, it, you're, we're, we're missing, you know, the journey is the destination, as Emerson says. Um, yeah. I know he wasn't talking about sex, but he could have been. <laughs> he might have been. We don't know that. We, we don't, don't know that, actually. You are correct. <laughs> he could have been talking about sex. Good old Ralph. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Right. I think, no, and I do think for a lot of men as well, they just generally are confused around that whole area. And one of the issues, if you're not a woman who has explored your own body, if you felt comfortable about that, if you haven't been encouraged to do that, then there's a huge amount of pressure that's placed on men to help you discover stuff about your own body. You know, very few men, I mean, uh, over time, I have asked men like, oh, how do you like to be touched? Do you like to be stroked really hard? Do you like it soft? How do you like it? Most of them have never been asked that question, by the way. They're just, they're right. just you know, they just put up with you jerking them off in whatever way you think that they <laughs> want to be jerked off. Because, yeah. you know, you as a woman think, well, isn't there just one way? Isn't it just up and down, fast, maybe a bit slow? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but of course, they have their own way of liking things. But women, for the most part, I know that I've been with, I, I have some girlfriends, we were discussing the other day, the orgasm chaser guys, right? Yes. The guys yes. who say, oh, I just really want to make you come, baby. And you just think, well, you're not going to, because like, I have to make myself come just you fundamentally, you're going to help me in that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're yes. not but you're not going to make me come because that's not going to happen. Well, and that's a big myth about and and it's kind of, you know, I, I, there are a lot of myths that um exist thanks to pornography and we've been taught that um or conditioned to believe either explicitly or implicitly that men give women orgasms. Yeah, that's you know? right. 
Yeah. Nobody really thinks when we have sex, nobody really thinks that women give men orgasms. <laughs> they have their own orgasms. They, you know, do in and out and in and out and in and out to whatever speed they want until they have an orgasm. Their exactly. orgasm is theirs. <laughs> but but we're taught that men give us <laughs> orgasms. And it's like, and it's so much pressure on everybody. And men are conditioned to believe that they're good lovers and they're better men and they're manlier men if oh, they yeah. can make a woman come maybe even multiple times. Oh, oh like, I know. hello. It takes a lot, <laughs> takes a lot of trust and intimacy and all of that. And, um, and that's why a lot of women fake orgasms. Yeah. Because we get in these situations where, um, uh, you know, it's like, it's a man is on a mission and he's not going to stop until he, he reaches the goal, That's right. you know, and he's running the gauntlet and it's going to be like forever. Meanwhile, we're like, not, I mean, the longer it goes on, the less likely it is. Like there's a point of no return where you're like, okay, you know, I'm either going to have to hurt his feelings and have a whole conversation and take care of him emotionally and, you know, or I'm just going to fake it and get it over with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And do we have statistics on how many women fake orgasms just out of interest? We don't because um, there are studies, but I don't trust them because I think that people don't answer honestly, you know, but I will tell you this. How about this? 70 to 80 percent of women need clitoral stimulation in order to have an orgasm. So this idea of like, why can't I, something's wrong with me. Why can't I have a vaginal orgasm? Well, you know, 20 percent of women are able to have a vaginal orgasm. I don't trust the surveys. And so it might even be less than that. And by the way, I know from my own experience and the way that I am built personally, when I am, you know, of course, I do my own research in my own laboratory, otherwise known as my bed. And <laughs> and I can tell you that even when I have a vaginal orgasm, I'm moving around so that I get what's actually happening is that I'm, I'm, my body is moving in ways that stimulate my clitoris indirectly. Yeah. So that's my question to you. So look, when I, I know what a clitoral orgasm feels like, like you say that, that I've never heard it described as a big yawn, but actually I think that's a really good way of describing it. It does feel like that kind of like opening up of a yawn in that way. And that, that kind of sucking in feeling, that's all the only way I can describe it. And that kind of, you know, you can definitely feel like this sort of climactic moment, right? But I also know that there are times where like my whole body starts vibrating and shaking. And I feel that in my more in the vaginal area, that everything's kind of fluttering and really like, super turned on and sensitive. Now I don't call that an orgasm. I just call that feeling really good down there. And, and so, so I don't know when people say to me, Oh, you know, I have vaginal orgasms and stuff. I don't, because I, I know that direct clitoral stimulation produces a certain kind of response that leads to what I would consider to be an orgasm. But when people talk to me about, like they say, oh, you haven't lived until you've had a vaginal orgasm. I'm thinking, well, maybe I have. I just don't know what 
I don't know what is the difference. Like, what is the difference? I'm going to make this really simple. <laughs> an orgasm is an orgasm. Yeah. It really is. An orgasm is an orgasm. If you feel like your like your pelvic bowl, your pelvic area has sneezed, yeah. there's a discharge, right? Yeah. There's like a and there's a, a like sort of a um a series of like contractions. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. You, that's an orgasm. Right. That's an orgasm. What you can um, what happens is that you you can reach that state by stimulating the clitoris. Um, sometimes, for some women in some positions, when they're when they're having intercourse, they can reach that same feel. It feels the same way, right? It feels the same way. Look, I've had a lot of sex, and I've had a lot of different sex with different penises, different toys, and. Yeah. Different mouths. And, you know, it's like it is all the same thing. There are, uh, there are a variety. There's so many ways to talk about this. I'm so passionate about it. So <laughs> forgive me for, <laughs> I have like six things trying to work their way out of my mouth from my brain. There are a couple of things. One is that you can have a variety of different orgasms depending on your mood, your lover, the relationship, your time of your cycle, um, yeah. many, many different things, how much you've you know slept the night before, how well rested you are. All kinds of different things can affect the way you feel and the, the sort of version of pleasure that you're experiencing in the moment. Mm. Stimulating different parts of your vagina can do that. It can lengthen the orgasm. It can make it more powerful, like a bigger boom when it first yeah, hits. Yeah. All yeah. those things are possible and you can play around with all those things. There are some spots inside, some locations. Some women talk, you'll hear a lot about cervical orgasms. Yeah. Um, well, not a lot, but way too much for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, a cervical, for, if you don't know what the cervix is, it's the opening to the uterus and it's at the very top of the vagina, right? That's where the menstrual blood comes out. That's where the, the semen goes in to try to fertilize an egg if it's there. Yeah. Well, we're um, old. We don't have to worry about that shit. Right, anyway. <laughs> right. That's right. And sometimes the cervix in, in our older years and sometimes after childbirth, if you have a vaginal birth, um, the cervix descends a little bit, like those muscles get mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, yeah. tired. Yeah. Um, so there are areas the the cervix comes down into the vaginal canal, almost like a nose. It's almost like a little knob yeah, and yeah. the area around the cervix is sensitive. There are a lot of nerve endings in there. And so for some women, that produces a lot of pleasure. For some women, it produces a lot of pain. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so you just have to kind of, if you're going to, to it, it requires deep penetration. Most women like prefer to have a lot of lube to, yeah. if you're going to fool around in that area. I mean, any area really in our older years, lube yeah, is yeah, our yeah. best friend. We love lube. Uh, yes. And, and 20 year olds love lube, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um so there are a variety of different things that you can try that will vary the kinds of sensations that you feel when you're orgasming, but I don't really 
believe that it's helpful or even accurate for us to try to define a G-spot orgasm, a vaginal orgasm, a clitoral orgasm, a cervical orgasm, a, you know, an ear orgasm. The, um, I think the thing is that, as you said, the more we don't, we don't need to define all these orgasms. All we need to know as women is that we are incredibly, incredibly lucky to have this wonderful anatomy that allows us to experience a multitude of, exp- of pleasure in all different ways that aren't just related to the one thing that sticks out of our body, right? In the smaller way that it does or in the bigger way that it does, no matter which way, it's all there to be explored. And the main thing, the main takeaway, I think, for all of this is that it is our responsibility as women, not anybody else's responsibility, to figure all this stuff out for ourselves, not not to expect some man to work all of this shit out for us. It's yeah. our bodies. There used to be a brilliant book when I was growing up called Our Bodies Ourselves. Do you remember that book? My Bible. I, right. I, ha- I still have my copy, actually, on right. my bookshelf. Our Bodies Ourselves, one of the most beautiful books that if you can still find a copy of that on eBay or something, I would encourage mm. you to go and buy it because I suspect it is still as relevant and beautiful a book now as it was back then in helping us as women to appreciate this beautiful body that we've been given and how lucky we are to have all of these different ways of experiencing joy and pleasure. Yes. So well said, Suzanne. You know, I want to say a couple things. One is that they updated that book and there's a new version. Yes. Yay. I still love my original version because it reminds me of all those early years of discovery and the the content is the same, but it's much, uh, it's just updated. It's, it's good. Um, and then there's a book by Dr. Emily Nagoski called Come As You Are. Oh, I know which about that is, one. Yeah, it's a great book. It's almost like an owner's manual. and um, But it's very technical. So there are some things that might be a little bit too much, but it's fabulous. It's really, it's a good book. Um, and there's some of that in my book as well. Um, one thing that I think is really, um, I love what you said about taking taking responsibility, taking ownership of our pleasure, whether it's orgasm or just pleasure, right? And teach our lovers, let our men off the hook, tell them like, (laughs) I'm, I know my body and I'm going to, you know, tell you what I like. And they're going to be thrilled. Men love that. They are. You know what? That was one of that. I learned that lesson much too late in life, but I did. Thankfully I did learn it. And that lesson is one of the best lessons that we can teach all women is that men are not mind readers. They, the more you can help them to understand what it is that gives you pleasure, the happier they are, because then they're not shooting around in the dark, trying to work all this stuff out. And so we, you know, once we get over the fear of saying, you know, just a little bit to the left and oh, just down, just down a bit. Oh, that hurts. No, stop. Yeah. Um, the better for everybody, because that's how you create better, deeper, more intense, more intimate relationships with others. Not just, you know, in heteronormative relationships, but in all relationships, really. That that's are, right. Are that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. And the other thing to that is always helpful is that um, 
the best orgasms, the biggest orgasms, the most pleasure, the most, you know, the most far reaching, the kind of orgasms when you feel like your hair follicles are coming, <laughs> those orgasms, any orgasms are, are best and easiest when you're relaxed, when you're really relaxed. And that means mentally you're not thinking about the to-do list. You're not thinking about your pudgy tummy. <laughs> and um, and also like emotionally and physically. So hydrate, get all the all the the body feeling good, hydrate, um, and work on feeling safe, whatever that means for you. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean a long-term committed relationship. It just means that you feel safe to relax and be you. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And I think that's a great place to end it. Thank you so much, Zoe. We will be back next week. And if you love, if you love hearing this, please leave us a comment, share with your friends, tell everybody else, tell everybody how awesome we are. This podcast actually went to number two in the UK last week which was unbelievable because we had a little bit of publicity in a very big newspaper that went out to millions of people. So at the moment, it's kind of riding high in the charts. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we will be back next week. Thank you so much. Lots of love. Say hi to LA. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Can't wait. Bye.